to Parked Car Convos. I'm Maddie Mitchell and I'm your host today and always because, well, quite frankly, this is literally my podcast. So who else is going to host it? Happy freaking Monday and happy freaking Women's History Month. Yeah, that's right. It's March confirmed. I know that for a fact because as a shock to no one, I am recording this 12 hours before it comes out, which is also in March. So it is March. I know that to be true. We're several days in at this point. It's March 4th. I hope you had a fabulous weekend. I hope your week is off to a phenomenal start and you're feeling like, oh my God, wait, is this going to be the best week of my life? Wait, do you guys think, do you guys mind if I have the best week of my life? Would that, would that be okay with everyone? Is that cool with your schedules? I don't know. Let me know. But, um, I am planning on having the best week of my life and I hope you are too. I'm super excited for this week's episode. The title, Can I Be Mean for a Sec? A moment we've all inevitably kind of shared amongst our friends. I thought this would be a fun little prompt because we're all friends here. And you guys could kind of vent. You could get something off your chest. You can kind of be mean for a sec, right? This was actually an episode that was suggested by one of our very own listeners. So shout out to that listener. I asked on Friday on the podcast Instagram, which you should be following, because if you're not, what are you doing? It's at parkedcarconvos.pod. It's linked in the show notes every week, so you can go follow that. It's also just like so fun. It's a fun little community over there because we all have these little inside jokes together. Like this past weekend, I posted on the podcast Instagram story a pint of old-fashioned vanilla ice cream that I saw at the store, and I said, do you guys think I'll get carded? And it was so heartwarming to see how many people replied, and they were just kind of like giggling over that, and I love, I just love that. I love that we all have our cute little inside jokes. So make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram. Plus, I frequently ask for episode ideas or from feedback from you on specific things just to kind of better cater the episodes to you guys. So make sure you're following. But I asked for episode ideas and someone suggested, can I be mean for a sec? And I honestly, I wasn't sure what kind of write-ins we would get because it's kind of like a vague and open-ended prompt, which I kind of love because everyone took it in a different direction. So we have a very wide variety of write-ins, which I am super excited to get to. But before we get to that, let's do Peak and Valley of the Week. Plus, I have a little podcast exclusive, a little hot piece of goss that you guys are going to be the first to hear, which is hopefully fun and exciting for you. But Peak of the Week, it's been warmer here, like much warmer in the 50s, I would say, this past week. And as we all know, I am a person who's very heavily influenced by the weather. It hasn't, um, it was like really sunny one day, which I loved, but it's also been kind of just like cloudy. But even if it's cloudy and it's warm out, I don't care because I still have so much, I have so much more energy and I just have kind of this indescribable zest for life that I just hadn't been experiencing when it was cold out and so I've been outside walking more and that's great because it gives me more energy and it's just been it's been really really nice and it's supposed to kind of like there's no really really cold days in the forecast knock on wood so that's amazing to kind of have that to look forward to I have resumed my running journey I don't know how many times I've sat down here and I've said oh my god guys I started running again like take a shot don't actually don't do that but I have once again resumed my running journey. I always end up stopping my running journey, not because I get sick of it, because usually I'm at a really good place when I end up stopping, but it's because of the weather. I can't, like, I just can't. It either, I have to run first thing in the morning, just like me personally. Like if I don't do it first thing in the morning, like it's just like not in the cards for me. And in the winter, half the time when I wake up in the morning, it's like 17 degrees out. And like, that's just not something I'm looking forward to. Like, I'm not even looking forward to getting out of bed at that point or stepping outside, let alone like really like kind of exercising my, like that's just not happening. And in the summer, it was actually the opposite where it got so hot and gross out that my heart rate was super high when I was running. So I decided it was best for me kind of cardiovascularly to put a pause on it while it was really oppressively hot outside. And so I'm back to it and we're in kind of a good space weather wise because it's not too hot. It's not too cold. So we'll see what happens. But I've been enjoying that. It's kind of like a nice little a nice little shake up for me. And my other peak of the week is that I've been busy, which is, but like a good busy. I've been feeling, okay, my, it's also my valley of the week because I've been feeling overwhelmed, but it is all good and it's all fun things that I am excited about, but it is just, um, time consuming and overwhelming. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of, it's a blessing and a curse. Absolutely. But that's one of my valleys of the week. My other valley is that I've been kind of like under the weather, which like, 
not like not even sick like under the weather is truly the best term to use because I've just been kind of like congested and I get headaches every now and then because I'm like so congested which is not fun but it's one of those things where it's just kind of lingering and it won't go away which is it's just more of a nuisance than anything but not loving that for me oh another peak of the week is I sent out the merch PR packages last Sunday and that was so fun I decorated all the packages with a ton of stickers and it was kind of a cute little arts and crafts moment for me I forget I think a lot of us forget how much fun an arts and crafts activity is and I was really enjoying myself I spent like all day last Sunday doing that and it was really really fun it was just kind of like a fun little activity so that was great and um, I saw the girly who won our merch giveaway she received her PR package a few days ago and she posted on Instagram. So that made me happy. So it's all good. It's all good. And that was just like a fun little, a fun little thing for me to do. But anyways, past the ox song of the week. I've been listening to a lot of Tate McRae. I've been listening to Tate McRae whilst running, been trying to find good running songs. I asked on Instagram for people to write in and it's just, everyone has very different taste when it comes to music that they listen to to exercise and I a lot of people's suggestions like I'm sure they love them they just like are not my vibe so I've been trying to really work on growing my running playlist because it makes all the difference it's like the only thing that makes the experience somewhat enjoyable so I'm looking I'm looking to add to my running playlist but Tate McRae has been great and like a super good fun vibe to run to Okay, now for traffic report. This is breaking news to the podcast. This is kind of a podcast exclusive. So when I released merch a few weeks ago, I as soon as I started posting pictures in it, which was like the week leading up to launch, I was immediately receiving some feedback from some people being like, oh my God, wait, can you do this? Wait, can we get this in this color? And like, can we do and And listen, I get it. I get it, but it's just like when you've spent months working on something and perfecting it and being like, oh God, I hope they like it to see people immediately be like, um, okay, but can you do this in this color? It's like, oh my God. And this time around, I did offer so many more styles and colors of things so that there was something that would appeal to everyone, but it's still obviously people have their own opinions and they have their own visions for things. And I obviously value your feedback so much so much so that one of the suggestions I saw a few times was um, the classic design of the merch was in black text that said how hard can it be and then in red text it said boys do it and people were asking instead of red can you make it pink and I was like that's actually not a bad idea I personally liked the way that the red like popped like I was liking that and I loved the black and red together but I had an idea literally the night before I launched I had this idea and then I went I went insane so the long and short of it is on Friday in honor of International Women's Day there will be a limited edition merch drop for 72 hours so it'll be Friday Saturday and Sunday March 8th 9th and 10th I believe and 50% of the proceeds from these limited edition products will be donated to a really, really cool women's organization called Girl Up. Get it? Instead of Man Up. I love that. But I'm going to read you a quick little blurb from their website just to kind of give you a better picture of what this organization is. Girl Up is a girl-centered leadership development initiative focusing on equity for girls and women in spaces where they are unheard or underrepresented. We operate a global network of regional affiliates impacting 270,000 girls and youth leaders in 155 countries and all 50 U.S. states developing transformative leaders who advance gender justice worldwide. In 2010, Girl Up was founded by the United Nations Foundation as the first of its kind initiative dedicated to supporting adolescent girls, education, health, and safety. Since then, we've grown to become a global movement that engages, trains, and mobilizes girls and young people of all identities to be leaders. I love this. I love their mission and everything that they do. You can check out their website to see kind of um, 
a more in-depth depiction of what they're doing all around the world, but they're a super cool organization. And I thought that would be a fun way to kind of celebrate International Women's Day with all of you. So the merch that will be launching on Friday, I just want to run through the pieces real quick. So we have the classic design with the pink text that will be available in the ash color t-shirt that we had for the first launch. It'll also be available in a long sleeve version, which people were requesting as well. So this is also kind of a fun little way that I incorporated your feedback is what I was getting at when I was addressing that earlier. But um, I'm hopefully touching on a few more things that people had suggested that they were wanting to see. So we have the short sleeve t-shirt, the long sleeve t-shirt. Then we have hoodies that come in black, navy blue, and chocolate brown. I'm obsessed with the chocolate brown version of this because the chocolate brown and the pink together is really kind of a moment. And then we also have a pink foam trucker hat that I love that also has um, boys do it written in pink. And that one's also embroidered. The last trucker hat was um, printed. This one's embroidered. So for the classic design with the pink text, we have the short sleeve t-shirt, the long sleeve t-shirt, the hoodie, and the embroidered trucker hat that's pink. Super cute. And then we also have a different variation of the comic design that I personally am obsessed with. And I like accidentally made this design the night before I launched the first time. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm obsessed with this and I need this on a hoodie immediately. So that design really, really cool. Like I can't stress that enough. That will come in a hoodie, a cropped hoodie this time, which I'm loving at this moment. And we didn't offer that last time. So that's a fun little exclusive as well. And then we have a crew neck for that and a t-shirt. And we also have a mug and a sticker that has that design on it as well. So there's a whole slew of new products that I personally love and I hope you guys love them too. So now that that spiel is over, let's dive in to can I be mean for a sec? I also want to address the phrase itself. Can I be mean for a sec? Because something I've noticed is that every time me or one of my friends says that phrase, like it's never even mean. It's it's literally just talking about your emotions. And more often than not, it's just like a, a valid complaint or observation or just kind of getting something off your chest and it's we're not actually being mean and I kind of want to make that distinction one thing I will say is in reading some of the write-ins some of you were being mean (laughs) and I just want to make it clear very very clear I don't think I have to do this but I will I will literally never condone talking poorly about the way that someone looks ever at all in any capacity ever. I can't make that more clear. And a lot of, not a lot, but there was a handful of people that were kind of participating in that, in their write-ins. And that's not, that's not the vibe here. It's not the vibe ever. And I also just want to say, like speaking to, because I, I know that the people who are writing in and are are doing that. They're coming from a place of hurt or of anger and they're frustrated with the situation and that is a way that they feel vindicated by talking poorly about someone's appearance. Um, I'm not justifying it obviously but I'm saying I think that's probably where it comes from more often than not but I want to say this is something I've realized as I've been a person on the internet and I've experienced many, many people attacking my physical appearance, if you have a valid complaint or a valid argument, okay, if you are feeling like your feelings were hurt or someone did you wrong or you have a bone to pick with someone, the least valid argument every single time is going to be picking apart the way that someone looks every single time. Okay, so I know that if someone, if especially this happens to me often when I make a valid critique or argument about the patriarchy, for example, I will have men comment like, okay, but you're ugly or like, okay, but you have a big nose or whatever the case may be. And I know in that moment, they have nothing more intelligent to say. Because if that's what you're resorting to, first of all, it's unoriginal and it's lazy. It's so lazy because you can pick apart anyone's appearance. It doesn't matter. Like, 
I think every everyone is absolutely beautiful in their own right. But like you can pick apart anyone's appearance. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. That's why five-year-olds do it, right? It's so lazy. It's so unoriginal. It It doesn't make you feel any better or it shouldn't. If it does make you feel better, if it is your go-to as an insult, I'm really imploring you to do some kind of self-reflection on that because that's not that's not a place that you want to be in. You don't want to be in a place where that is that kind of negativity is something that you're seeking out as a form of making yourself feel better. That's not that's just like not a good mindset and headspace to be in at all ever. Um and I hope that you can recognize that and can take the time to kind of work through that. But also circling back to the fact that it just negates any argument that you're trying to make. So if you are actually hurt by someone's actions, but instead of, instead of saying like, okay, what you did was wrong because of X, Y, and Z, instead of that, you say, okay, but you're ugly or whatever, insert offensive comment about physical appearance here if that's what you're saying, you're just, you're just completely invalidating your actual argument and your actual feelings. And that's not productive and it's not going to get you anywhere. And so I just wanted to point that out. And we're just, we're not going to be mean girls here. That's not something I'm standing by now or ever. And I just wanted to kind of make that abundantly clear. So moving on to the fun and silly ha-has of the, can I be mean for a sec write-ins. Okay, first up we have my best friend married a loser. We hate this. We hate this right off the bat. She financially supports him with the job she hates while he works on quote unquote projects on the computer that are poorly done, leading nowhere and make no money. Awesome. (laughs) That's my favorite kind of project to do um, where you can just kind of do a bad job. It won't get you anywhere and you're you're doing it for free. Those are my favorite things to work on always. He wants to make movies for a living, but does not want to leave the middle of nowhere. That would be kind of a prerequisite. Unfortunately, oftentimes it is. He has turned down jobs closely related to his field as people offer him jobs to try and help him because it's not exactly what he wants to do. They are financially struggling and he dictates how much she can and can't spend of her own money. But when he wants to fly to Europe for something that he wants to go to, they budget for that. No, that is heinous and horrible to have the gall, first of all, to just, to just contribute nothing financially to a circumstance while you're struggling, like, and then have the added audacity to be like, also, you can't spend money on that. Uh, what, what gives you the right? Where on earth did you scrounge up that level of confidence? Because who you are as a person is not warranting it in any way, shape or form. Okay. They live far away from her family and she wants to move closer to them, but he won't budge even though he contributes nothing. So what is the point? Like they're living in the middle of nowhere. It's bad for his career and they're not close to her family. Like what is the, okay. Um, there's honestly a whole lot more to this that I could go on and on about. He's also very flamboyant, but is a conservative Christian. So there's also that in mind. Okay. Okay. They live in delusion that they're going to buy a house and have kids soon, but I don't know how that will happen as they go out to dinner and split a salad and have no money to go to the movies. I love my friend, but I get frustrated that she's in denial of the awfulness of his actions or rather lack thereof. That is awful. That is all around awful. And all of us listening are sympathizing with your friend for sure. And this is a hard situation because it's one of those things where it's so blatantly obvious. It's like, girl, are you not, are you not seeing your, are you not seeing the way that your life is shaking out? And so much of it is in her control in the sense that she's the one making money. She's the one that has a job. Like she's the one that could at any point get up and leave and be fine. And yet for some reason she is remaining in this relationship and that's hard. And it's one of those things where you as her friend, as the objective third party, you're able to be like, this is so clear. Like it's so black and white. It's so obvious 
but as the person in it, in the thick of it, she might be a little blind to it because as we know, thanks to Netflix, love is blind. (laughs) I'm kidding. If anything, that show has proven quite the opposite, but clearly, clearly she's blind to the situation. And this is a hard thing because it's something she's going to have to see herself, unfortunately, you can't show it to her because because uh, because she won't see it. It's kind of like if you were to explain, if if my eyes were closed and and we were standing in front of a sunset and you were trying to explain it to me, like no matter what you're explaining, it's not going to be, I'm not going to be picturing the same thing as you. Do you know what I mean? This is kind of a fabulous analogy. She needs to be the one to open her eyes and see it for herself in order to get it. Like if you're explaining something to me, I'm still having my own image in my head of what's happening because I'm not seeing it myself. Maybe this is a horrible analogy. I take it back. It makes sense to me. I juries out on whether or not it'll make sense to you, but that is, that is heinous. And I hope and pray that one day she does open her eyes and she does see the situation for what it is. And decides, I there's literally nothing here for me. Nothing about this is serving me in any capacity ever at all. I hope she does see that at some point in time. That's what we're all hoping for her. Okay, I'm going to be a bridesmaid to a very wealthy girl. And I'm not even remotely close to as well off as she is. I hate everyone else in the bridal party. And I'm already spending a thousand euros total. And we haven't even gone on the bachelorette yet. I just want to say no, but I don't want to lose the friendship. I like her so much, but like also why are we forced to spend so much to celebrate someone? Also, all of her friends are super rich as well. And I'm the only one who is in a different bracket and I'm okay with that, but just really want to be mean and say, I can't justify that much money for a weekend. Anywho, that felt nice to get off my chest. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you got that off your chest. I think this is so beyond valid. And it's kind of like an epidemic, similar to like the birthday epidemic. Do you know what I mean? Where people take a moment about about them, a birthday, a wedding, whatever the case may be, and they make it the most excessive thing in the world. And I think it's so it's so selfish and it's so it's like gotten to be so big and so normal to have entire like bachelorette trips like that's remember remember in the movies I've never I've never been a bridesmaid none of my friends are married so I can't really speak like I haven't gone through this experience yet but remember in the movies it used to be like oh my god your bachelorette is like one night where you like go out to the bar and just like get drunk and that was it like it was just a night it was just a a one night type of thing and now it's like an extravaganza where people go on these very elaborate trips and oftentimes it is a group of people that like they're not even all friends because it's just like they're all from you know different groups and they're just which makes it that much like less appealing because it's like I know so many people that are like yeah I'm going on this this trip with these other bridesmaids and like I only know the bride like that's miserable (laughs) like I'm sorry but that that can't be fun because it's just I like I know for me personally I would just be like I feel uncomfortable because I'm like an outsider so that's stressful in and of itself and then you have to spend so much fucking money to go on a trip with people you don't know to do things that like everyone has different things that they want to do when they're on vacation like you don't want to spend all this money just to be doing what other people want to do do you know what I mean like that's where's the fun in that that they have I think gotten to a point where it's like this is this is too much and then so often I hear about this all the time. They don't take into account what people A, can afford, but B, what they're willing to spend. Because there's also like, even if you can afford it, that might not be something people want to spend their money on. A trip, again, with people that they don't really know for like an entire weekend of their life. Because it's also a huge like time commitment. Some of these trips are like four or five days and like you have to take time off of work. It's like, is that what you want to be spending your PTO on? These people that get like three weeks of PTO a year, is that what they want to be spending their time off on? Probably not. And then it's like, 
then also the wedding's a destination wedding. So you're going to have to pay for a flight for that. And you're going to have to take time off of work for that too. It's just, it's, it's gone too far unless the bride is filthy rich and pays for the bridesmaids. That's one thing. That is absolutely one thing. But I just think it's gotten to be so extravagant and so blown out of proportion and so expensive. And it's becoming like the norm, which I don't understand at all. And I feel the same about like birthdays. Like I used to have a friend who made her birthday like an entire like week long thing where she did all of these things. And I could never, it was always like the week before we would be going back to college and I had saved up my money from the summer. And I was like, I don't feel like going and spending this whole week with you and blowing all of this money that I was supposed to like take back to school with me. Like I don't have that much money to do that. And it's like birthday, you get a dinner, you get a brunch. But these people that try to make an entire like week long affair out of their birthdays, it's like you can't expect everyone to care that much genuinely because at the end of the day, like you're the one who cares about your birthday and that's, that's it. And that's how it should be. I mean, everyone, like everyone's like, yeah, I want to celebrate you and that's great, but they don't want to celebrate you for a week. I don't know who needs to hear this, but your friends don't want to celebrate you for a week. Do you even want to celebrate yourself? Like that's just too much. (laughs) That would be way too much for me. So to the girly who wrote this in, just know you're totally justified. And so many people, I'm sure, are on your side with that. Like, I think that's a very common sentiment of like, how much fucking money do you want me to spend? Because it all, it all adds up. And there's so many different layers to it that are just like, oh my God, this is becoming a part-time job. Like, absolutely not. And it's hard because you're like, I care about you as a friend. And I obviously want to celebrate you and you're wedding like that's so exciting but there is a line to be drawn I think and oftentimes I think people are just so wrapped up in in like how it looks because I think that's what it is it's like they want to be able to like post about it and like have this like big fun to look at moment but not necessarily even fun to experience (laughs) like it's just it's just kind of a thing to say that you did almost which is even is even worse because it's like what do you what's the point of this what is the point of this okay how do some men get to the position they are in and not know how to do their jobs fabulous question fabulous fabulous question like actually know how to do the job they are paid a ridiculous amount of money for you can fill in a pdf form just as much as i can david It's got a lovely light blue colored box, very relaxing, not at all alarming. And you can fill in the information needed in that one little box. And then you click the little button that looks like a printer and holy hell, you've got yourself a form that took you 30 seconds to fill out. Way less time than the 10 emails you sent me asking for it to be done ASAP when I've got a mountain of emails to get through of my own. If it's so important that it has to be done now, what the fuck are you asking me to do it for when you are perfectly capable with your 10 fingers and two eyes? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I couldn't agree with you more. I think there's something to be said about kind of like blissful ignorance and the higher up people tend to be at a company, the more out of touch they are with day-to-day operations, which becomes an inconvenience to the people who are getting paid like a quarter of as much money and who are in charge of the day-to-day operations. And it's just, it is always the simplest things. It's just like an element of, I don't know how to do this, but I don't care enough to find out how to do it because I hired you to do it for me. And it it really does border on complete and utter incompetence in a way that is like really kind of disgusting. And what what is it that you have to do that you can't fill out a form that takes 30 seconds? And it often kind of makes you wonder, like, how is it that you got to this point in your career? Because at one point, you would have had to do menial work, just like everyone else. And when I say menial, I don't mean, like, unimportant, but just, like, basic little tasks that everyone has to do. So how, where did you lose that ability along the way? And it's just, it's just because they don't want to. But it's such, like, a slap in the face, Especially when it's like, no one can fill out that form quite like you can. It's like, well, no, you just didn't even, you didn't even try. You didn't even make a little bit of an effort. 
all I can say is just kind of keep soldiering on and hopefully one day you'll be that high level employee that gets to pass off these little tasks but you won't because you'll be like this will take me 30 seconds why wouldn't I just do it myself you'll be able to be the better and bigger person and the better boss one day so just know that you have that to look forward to I have no doubt no doubt of that in my mind Okay, my best friend, I was her maid of honor and she'll be mine, told me my fiance and one of her other friends would be such a cute couple and how she had always rooted for him and that girl. She has known my fiance all her life and she's my cousin. The disrespect. Oh, and she copies everything I do. Why are you friends with this girl? She is actively rooting against you. (laughs) Wait, that is so beyond heinous. Could you imagine you're getting married? And your best friend is like, yeah, like you guys are cute and all, but I just always kind of pictured him with Sarah. Oh my. I would be so beyond words in that moment. What did you just say to me? That is a hater. That is having a friend who is actively a hater. And we don't like those friends. I think I've I've been seeing a lot of videos about this, like on TikTok, about having friends that just kind of secretly hate you and it's so real and it's like such a strange phenomenon but it exists and the thing about having a friend who's a hater is that they will always be a hater first and a friend second it will never be the other way around and when it gets to that point it's like what is you there is no place for you in my life And I know that's hard for you because she is literally your cousin and is going to be your maid of honor. But maybe, maybe some reflection to be had on that friendship because we just don't have time for this. And I think about this all the time. I've always been a person where if you are not bringing something to my life, if you are not being a good friend, if you are not being supportive, if you are not adding and enhancing my life in some way shape or form the same way that I hope to add and enhance my friends lives and support them I I'm just not seeing a place for you because what's the point if you are if you have people in your life that are draining you and that are not supporting you and that are not uplifting you and are being a hater why are you welcoming that energy and it's it's I know it's easier said than done And unfortunately, this has been my mentality my whole life, potentially even to a detriment at times. But so for me, for me, it's easy to rationalize being like, I just don't, I don't want you in my life because you're not, you're not giving me anything. And obviously, as I stated, that's reciprocated. You know, you want to give back the same energy that you get, but there's no point in having people in your life and prioritizing people in your life that are not bringing you positivity and joy and people that are just trying to tear you down and like saying something like that is just heinous and it shows that she is actively rooting against you and why would you want someone like that in your life let alone as your best friend because that's not best friend behavior at all and I just think as a whole we could all we could all benefit from being a little bit more selective about the people that we have in our lives always always because it's just it's I don't think people realize how much energy and time and effort goes into most friendships and it's just not worth your time energy and effort if you are giving 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 and you're being met with hater behavior and someone who's rooting against you and negativity and very much draining energy that's not worth your time at all at all ever no none of this in 2024 we should all do some self-reflection on who these people are in our lives and maybe maybe distance ourselves maybe set some boundaries maybe draw some lines just some food for thought Okay. Me literally being so mean. Okay. I'm excited. Let's see. I absolutely hate my next door teacher. LOL. We are like supposed to work together as a team, but I hate her 
so much and me and my co-teacher think she is literally so dumb. She also acts like a child. Let me just give a few silly little examples. So for one, Miss Girl encourages her students to seek revenge on each other. They're four slash five. So that is completely uncalled for and not appropriate either. I've witnessed a student pushing another student and when pushed student came to her crying, the teacher's response was, well, you probably deserved it. Go hit them back what? These are four-year-olds. Why are we encouraging revenge? Another example, she has a special ed student in her class and she literally yells at them until they cry and calls them stupid. Oh my, have you contacted someone, the authorities? What? That's not okay at all ever. And tells them that they're babies and that they don't belong in her classroom. Also, they literally are babies. They're four and five years old. That's essentially a baby when you think about it. It's not like they're 15. Oh my God. They don't belong in her classroom. I have this one on video. Girl, did you take it to the school board? That is your civic duty. She tells them she doesn't like them and is physically rough with them. She is the worst ever. Another one. She also gives them the answers on their benchmark testing. That's illegal. (laughs) Like girly, that is not legal. See, we're on the same page. And also so horrible. So she looks like this great teacher, but she's actually the worst ever. She's also so dumb. Babe, you're a teacher and you have poor grammar in professional emails and newsletters. She's as dumb as rocks. Anyways, I'm telling our admin team this and I pray to God she gets fired. Okay, yes. All the more power to you. Good for you for taking a step in the right direction and not standing for this horrible behavior. That is heinous. And that is really, really horrible that these parents are just like confidently sending their kids to school and this is what their kids are dealing with and they probably have no idea. I can't get past her encouraging the students to push each other. That is, that's like, I would think rule number one of being a teacher, don't promote physical violence of any, of any sort. Also like four and five years old, I'm sure is like such a hard age group to work with because you know, as they get older, they know the basic rights and wrongs of the world, but she is clearly not equipped to be dealing with kids of any age, but specifically like that's a really, really tricky age. And I don't know, I don't know who signed off on this in the first place. God, that is, (laughs) that is heinous. You are not mean. You're justified. She is horrible. And I'm sorry that you, to some extent, have to deal with it because that is just, not fair I feel like everyone everyone just has to deal with horrible people at work and it's just one of the trials and tribulations of the world but I hate that for us and it's like so frustrating when it's like good people who are good at their jobs have to be like bogged down or have to deal with these people that are just ill fit for whatever position they have it's just again like you're not getting paid for that this isn't worth your time, but it, but it, you have to do it. Like you have, at this point you have like a legal obligation because that's not okay. God, alrighty. Hi Maddie. Love you. Love the podcast. And that's all she wrote. Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. My boss has me write a weekly briefing each week to give a play by play of everything I've accomplished each week. No, No, that's heinous. It's tedious, but at least it showcases how much I've been asked to do each week, which is significantly more than other members of the staff at times. Okay, that's valid. You get to be like, look how much I did compared to John over there. Look how much I did. Recently, it's become plainly obvious that my boss is using AI to write her feedback on my briefings each week. It's so frustrating that she isn't taking the time to write a few sentences on feedback. Her tone slash writing style has completely changed and half of the comments don't even make sense. (laughs) Like advising me to delegate tasks to others where there is no one else to delegate to. It should take less than 15 minutes for her to do this, but she can't even give me the respect to give genuine feedback on what I'm doing well slash should work on. I don't know how to feel good about working for someone who can't even give me the time of day to comment on my work or at the very least edit the AI writing so it makes sense. Also, it's like if she's forcing you to take the time out of your week every single week to do this, which again, it's like, shouldn't she as your boss just kind of know what you're doing? Shouldn't she have some 
basic and general understanding of the tasks that you're doing each week if if she is the one that you report to like shouldn't that be kind of a given like when I worked a corporate job my boss it's not like minute by minute she knew what I was doing but she had a general understanding each week of what I was in charge of the things that I was handling so I would be annoyed if my boss had asked me to do that because it's like you you gave me these responsibilities why do I have to tell you that I'm doing them like and I I get it and I get that you viewed it as a positive to kind of showcase the fact that you're doing such a good job and you're taking on so much responsibility and like that's awesome but if she's going to make you go through the trouble of doing that each week the absolute least she can do the absolute bare minimum is take the time out of her week to give you feedback that is from her and not from a robot that is so disrespectful and it's so unnecessary because it's like clearly she doesn't care about the write-ups that you do each week. So then why is she making you do them? That's just like a waste of your time because it's not like, is she even reading them? Probably not. She's just like writing into chat GPT like, hey, write feedback for, for this employee. Like that's so stupid. That is so stupid. And I think... AI is going to ruin everything. It is ruining everything. Like I really do believe that in the workplace. I, I've used ChatGPT a few times, but as like a Google, like as a search engine. And when you ask it to write something like it, it's so obvious and it's so basic and it's so blatant. And I know that there's like other AI programs that I'm sure might be a little bit deeper and better but it's just like it's so lazy and it's so unnecessary because it's like then just don't have you do these write-ups what's the fucking point maybe you could start writing your weekly write-ups using AI and just have AI conjure up a fake itinerary of everything that you did that week and see if she notices that's what you should do I'm kidding I don't want you to lose your job don't do that but that would be funny okay this person said I titled this story fucking ketchup rice Immediately, I'm kind of disgusted, but also excited and on the edge of my seat. Also, going forward, oh, two things that I'm thinking of right now. Going forward, if you're writing a particularly long story or like a longer story, it would help to put a a title before you write it in just to like give it a little title at the top because I'm not going to lie, this one caught my eye specifically because of the title and it made me read the whole thing. So, And I skim all the stories every week, um, but that's a a good way to kind of grab attention if you want to, if you want to catch my eye. But also on Monday, March 4th, hopefully when you're listening to this, I will be um, posting five write-in links, five links to write in on the podcast Instagram story, also on my main Instagram story. But If you want to write in, I can give you the topics right now just to kind of get your mind percolating. And if you have any stories to write in on these topics, now will be your time. Okay, we have pet peeves, babysitting horror stories. I'm really excited about this one because I've told my babysitting horror stories. I want to hear your babysitting horror stories. Then we have a gossip week. So you can write in any gossip you've been hearing. It can be yours. It can be a friend's. It can be your family's. It can be a work drama. It can be anything. Then we have confessions. Then we have school stories. Now this one, I want, this is actually perfect. I can give you some kind of context. I want this to be like the craziest thing that happened in your school. You know what I mean? Like, did you have, cause I, I, I was seeing these a little bit when I was doing the gossip episodes or like the smorgasbord episodes, people were writing in about like, their high school teacher that was having an affair with their other high school teacher and like that big kind of scandal that you might have had in your high school I want to hear that so that's kind of what that one will be about then we have revenge stories is that six actually one two three yeah six stories okay revenge stories have you ever sought revenge please tell me all the details I want to hear about it so those are our upcoming episodes and like I said, look at the podcast Instagram stories. And in those stories, I will have six separate links 
for each of these individual write-ins and you have to make sure that you write in to that link. Sometimes I have people just reply to the story and like leave it in a DM and I won't see that. I won't see it or if I do see it I'll like screenshot it but then I'll forget to actually read it during the episode because these are going to be like six weeks out at this point so I'll lose it. So make sure you write into the right link. Okay just wanted to put that out there if you have any of those stories. I'm really looking forward to those episodes so also something to look forward to. Okay back to fucking ketchup rice. So me, my friend Tiffany, and her husband have a family dinner together every week and usually I'll bring a side dish of some sort. First of all that's so cute. I love that for you guys. Last week, we were going to have tacos. I asked if she wanted me to bring Mexican rice, and she replied, no need to bring anything this week. So I go over for dinner, and we are eating and blah, blah, blah. Her husband compliments her on the rice, saying the rice is so good today, babe, which I didn't say anything because I thought the rice tasted a little odd, and Tiffany was like, oh, thanks. It turns out different every time I make it because I don't have the exact measurement. As I'm putting another bite into my mouth, her husband says, it's the perfect amount of ketchup this time. (laughs) My mouth dropped open and I looked at him and I said, ketchup? And he was like, yeah. I said, you put ketchup in Mexican rice? And they both looked at me as if I was the dumb one. Then they proceeded to tell me how ketchup is a common ingredient used to make Mexican rice. And that's how you make it red which um, it certainly is not. I should know. I am Mexican and I grew up eating it all the time. Anyway, they proceeded to gaslight me on my own culture and how I was making it incorrectly. (laughs) Let me paint you a picture. Tiffany is a blonde hair, blue eyed, white as could be, and her husband is a redheaded, freckled faced guy. But yes, I'm the one who's making it wrong. Not to mention they got the recipe from a guy named Chad. (laughs) That's also so funny to me because I feel like I get all my recipes online so it's like hilarious to think that like some man named Chad is just like going around giving out his Mexican rice recipe like that's hilarious I'm sorry no I was so mad and disgusted I had been eating rice with effing ketchup in it and being called Mexican rice I had to get up and leave their apartment so I could go home and vom I just couldn't stand the thought of eating ketchup rice this week I canceled on dinner because I couldn't bring myself to go and have to ask if there was ketchup in everything I can no longer trust them with food and must suspect ketchup in all the foods they make I just don't think I could ever forgive them for poisoning me with this fucking ketchup rice I am so disgusted even thinking about it it makes my stomach churn if you said ketchup goes in Mexican rice in Mexico they would burn you at the stake like a witch here's what you have to do you have to make them an entire fabulous like five course meal of Mexican foods that you will obviously make so properly and it'll be so amazing and then you have to feed it to them and be like okay what do you think about your ketchup rice now I bet you're not I bet you're not feeling so great about the ketchup rice now that you've had the real deal that's what you need to do that's how you should handle the situation because that eating the thought of rice with ketchup on it is actually it is nauseating I will give you that that is yeah it's a no for me absolutely Next up we have, I'm an occupational therapy assistant. So people think I'm a physical therapist and I'm tired of correcting them. Totally, totally hear you. And I'm so fucking tired of therapists calling patients mama and papa. (laughs) It's gross and annoying. You can do it, papa. Sounds like you're sleeping with this 90-year-old. Thanks. That is, what an interesting phenomenon. I didn't even know that existed in the world of occupational therapy you can do it papa what is that like are they saying it in the sense of is that like a term of endearment I don't is that like a is that an equivalent of like you can do it dude you got this bro you can do it papa or is it because this man is 90 years old like he's literally a grandfather kind of like how you see in tv shows all the time like when someone's um like giving birth or like they just gave birth like all the nurses are like you got this mom do you need anything mom like that type of thing but that's weird because because of the situation it's like what does being a grandfather have to do with being in physical therapy sorry occupational therapy not me doing it too shoot but there's no correlation there that's just like a weird way of calling someone old 
Do you know what I mean? Because like if someone, if someone referred to me as like grandma, I'd be like, that's so, that's actually really rude of you. Why would you ever say that? So that's kind of, that's weird on their part. That's a weird thing to say. I don't like that at all. And I'm sure they don't like it. I'm sure the patients don't like it. You're on the right side of history with this one. I absolutely know that to be true. This girl in my year at school, S5 in the UK, I think the equivalent to junior in high school in the US. Okay. Okay. A junior in high school keeps posting things and reposting things on TikTok about how everyone wants her boyfriend and how he's a 10, meaning other girls will want him. I can tell you right now that they do not. Also, they've broken up multiple times because he kept texting other girls, but she posts about a million things talking about how he's her soulmate and stuff, which I just think is insane considering everyone knows why they've broken up so many times. Anyway, absolutely adore you in the podcast and you've made me actually love Sundays because I'm so excited for the new episode. Me confused because the episodes come out on Mondays, but thank you. I love that. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world. Um, also, if you're in the UK, they come out even later on Mondays. Besides the point, totally besides the point. I'm not critiquing you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, there is definitely an epidemic of, of the girl who thinks everyone is constantly trying to steal her man. Like that's definitely a thing that I see all the time. And you're right. It's always with the ones who that just couldn't be further from the truth for a myriad of reasons like either he's just like a shitty guy like they're breaking up all the time so it's like it's it stems from a place of insecurity I think we can all kind of agree on that because if she's constantly fearing that other people are going after and seeking out her boyfriend like that's that's an that's again a place of insecurity so we should just give her peace and say okay well we know in our heart of hearts like that's not true, but but she doesn't know that in her heart of hearts. So we can just we can just grant her peace and move on. She has bigger fish to fry. Do you know what I mean? Like just let her just let her live that out, like kind of blow out the plot of that storyline and see what happens. Okay. I can never see my roommate, a woman in her late thirties, the same way again. I thought They were ordinary and a fairly clean person, but this week I witnessed the most heinous, disgusting habit. My roommate was preparing some chicken to marinate. They used their bare hands to place raw chicken in a bowl. Not abnormal. But then, rather than washing their hands, they just wiped with a dry napkin. No water or soap or even like hand sanitizer. They then proceeded to touch so many spices, drawer handles, the fridge, and the stovetop. Our entire kitchen is now probably covered in bacteria and who knows what else. The worst part is knowing that they've been doing this for years. I'm disgusted and honestly, I've lost some respect for them. I've been compulsively washing my hands since then. I don't blame you. That's gross. And that's like one thing you cannot mess around with. You just like cannot mess around with raw chicken like that. That's not something anyone should be taking lightly. Like that's gross. That is gross. And there's not that like I'm saying there's other ways you can be like not the cleanest person or like a messy person that isn't like I don't want to say like dangerous sounds really dramatic. But you know what I mean? Like that's just that's too far. Raw chicken? No, because that's essentially what you're doing is you are taking that raw chicken breast and you are rubbing it all over your fridge and your stove and the spices and the drawer handles. And would you do that? No. So just wash your hands. Also, it's like, how does paranoia not get to them? Because for me, I would be, every time I touch raw chicken, I freak out. And I wash my hands like seven times. I wash like the knives so many times and the cutting board and everything. I don't know. Get that away from me. That's a weird, a weird way to tempt fate in a way that I don't like. Okay. There's nothing I hate more than people without kids who think they are going to be the perfect parent and judge parents on silly things like screen time, chicken nuggets, random presents, etc. So I've been collecting screenshots for years from friends who post judgmental things. It's a long waiting game for most, but actually makes me feel so good when I see them go through the same things once they actually have kids. They probably think nobody remembers all the shit they talked, but I remember, and I also laugh about it privately. I love that for you. It's like really petty, but you kept it to yourself. So that's actually really mature. 
because you could have sent that to them like the second you saw them feeding their kids chicken nuggets and been like oh really hmm how the tables have turned look who's cooking up some dino nuggets now that's what I thought that's what I thought so just to clarify that's actually not mean at all that's just you that's like an act of self-care at the end of the day good for you Maddie, first of all, your lists are such a peak in my day every time. Thank you. Here's what I want to be mean about. People who have a lot of money but don't have good taste. You know, a big, massive house with terrible furniture, a ridiculous luxury car in a horrible color, diamonds on an ugly necklace. Good taste is priceless. So true. Money can't buy class. Money can't buy good taste. And a lot of times it's also just like you see like old money versus new money. And there's, there is a big difference and you just, you can't buy the taste and the cost that is associated with old money. Unfortunately, you also can't buy probably the corruption that, that is, is associated with old money, but you just can't. And oftentimes it does come in the, in the form of like a very flamboyant, very flashy item that someone's trying to like flex for some reason. And it's like, yeah, but that's not the flex that you think it is. And we all know that in our heart of hearts. One of my friends is dating this guy who has a girlfriend. She is pursuing him. Of course, he's not innocent in this scenario, but I now think that she's despicable and she's being an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. No, because she is at the end of the day. She is. And that's a bad decision that people would make. It's not a good decision. It's not a decision you make if you're in the right headspace. It's also not a decision you make if you are a person who knows your value and who knows your worth. So we should, in the sense that she's your friend, grant peace in that sense. But people who have a good head on their shoulders and who know their worth and who know what they want in life, they would not ever want to be with a man who has a girlfriend because that's you're worth so much more than that you're worth a man who gives you his undivided attention and who doesn't have a girlfriend that's obvious it's obvious right and for those of us who are kind of in the know in that sense it's obvious it seems like she's probably someone who is just seeking male attention and validation any way she can get it even if it comes in the form of a guy with a girlfriend which is not okay but it's where she's at. And that is something to bear in mind that I think that's where it's coming from. Again, not condoning it in any way, shape or form, but I think that's probably, probably the background. Okay. Two more. Corporate America is so fucking dumb. Okay. Three more. Sorry. Corporate America is so fucking dumb. And I swear to God, the lingo that they use in meetings makes me want to claw my own eyes out. If I hear the word synergy one more time, I'm going to smack someone. In the way the boomers eat that shit up every time. Yeah. It What you learn about working a corporate job is that oftentimes corporate America is just kind of one giant cult. And like it does. It has its own lingo. It has its own leaders. You have to abide by kind of certain protocols, which is normal because it's, you know, a professional work setting. But it's, it is really its own, its own beast And there is often so many things that are, that make it more culty, like the team building and the whole like, but we're a family. Like, no, we're not, Steve. We are just people that show up from nine to five to do a job because we're getting paid and because we need money to survive. That's what this is. You don't have to make it something deeper than that because it's just not. If you weren't paying me, I wouldn't be here. My family doesn't pay me and I'm there because I, because I'm actually part of a, that's a real family. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's, that's not real. And yes, the words, the synergy of it all. It's like, that's literally just something you said. There's no deeper meaning. There's no, I remember I would have at my corporate job, I would have company wide meetings and we would discuss, you know, the state of the company and what we had to be focusing on and like upcoming campaigns or launches or whatever the case may be. And the things they would say were just like, duh. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and we really have to push for this campaign. It's like, yeah, I think that goes without saying like it was just kind of a lot of nothing. 
you're just saying things just to say them. And there was nothing of actual substance. And it's also like you're just working and working and working tirelessly to be making other people so much more money. And so naturally they're going to try to take advantage and, and have you buy into the family of it all and like the teamsmanship of it all. And it's like, that's just no, no. Cause you can just go and do your job. Like they forget that that's also an option is you can just kind of show up and do your job and not, and not participate in being a family. And I think that's, that's so important. This is about two strangers that lived in our garage for weeks. Awesome. See, this is what I'm saying. A title. It grabs my attention. We just moved to a new house that we bought in early 2023. Congratulations. That's fabulous. I'm so happy for you. My mom hired this maintenance guy that does independent work to tweak and repair a few things about the house. Windows, doors, paintwork, etc. Anyways, cut to the actual venting part. Right before winter of 2023, my mom asked this man to start working on the garage so we can use it once it starts snowing. He agrees and as always, he gets paid for it. So we just leave it to him to do his work. The garage housed lots of furniture and stuff that the previous owners left behind. So he says he'll need a couple of weeks to fully move out the garbage and renovate the inside okay we said no problem over the next couple of weeks we start noticing weird shit smoke coming out of the garage and sometimes the garage door left open at night I confronted him one day about this wait okay you moved into this house okay I wasn't sure if this was like a house he was working on but you weren't living there yet okay you were living in the house at this time smoke coming out of the garage and sometimes the garage door being left open at night I confronted him one day about the smoke and the open door and he says, oh, he was just smoking and must have forgotten to lock the door. Okay. But like that, even in and of itself, like I know that he must have ended up living there, which obviously is the worst part, but someone's smoking in your house that you paid to be there. No, unless you're a smoker and you don't care. But I think most people would have a problem with someone smoking in their house. So like that in and of itself is like, no, I don't want you working here anymore. And also leaving your door open at night that's like, that's just unsafe. I wouldn't want that person working there at that point anyway. So like, he's already, he's already failing. You know what I mean? Okay. Cut to the most insane part. One day I came home very late from work. It was around 8 PM and already dark out. Since the garage wasn't ready, I would usually park next to the garage. I didn't expect anyone to be there at that time, and I was trying to do a 90-degree park, and I hit something that felt like another car. I get out to see that there was a motorcycle parked in the corner of where I park. I was confused AF. I recognized the motorcycle as the guy's because he would drive it every day. I wondered what he was doing there so late at night. Ooh, that would freak me out, too, because it's like, what are you, why are you here? It's 8 p.m. Go home. I go around the garage and see lights on and voices chatting. I knock on the door and the guy comes out, sees I've obliterated his bike and loses his shit. Okay. Uh, the audacity. What are you doing at my house? That's the, that's the more pressing part. Um, but I wasn't hearing his rants cause I go to the garage and there's another man with him sitting over a small fire grilling chicken. Yes. Chicken. I couldn't fucking believe my eyes. It turns out he was living there with his brother this whole time instead of moving out the stuff like we paid him to. He moved in with his own stuff. He starts yelling at me for messing up his bike, threatens to destroy my car and burn our house. I was furious, beyond furious, and immediately called 911 on his ass. They gave him one hour to leave the premises with his stuff and was issued a restraining order. Still can't believe he was living there for weeks. None of us cared to check in the garage and cooking food in the garage over a fire is truly peak unhinged behavior. He, he set the fire inside the garage and grilled chicken. That is so beyond. I, I need to know so much more about this man. Like, where did this idea come from? How long did he think he would get away with this? Like, at some point, you would be like, wait a minute, aren't you done with the garage yet? Like, what's going on? And then what? Like, oh, that is is so insane. That is really scary. I remember once I was in high school and one of my friends, they had a garage at their house and her mom opened like the inside, the, the door that led from the garage into the house. She opened that door. And there was just a man sitting in their garage that they didn't know. 
And that in and of itself is so scary to think that someone had been living there. That is, oh my God, that's so heinous. Also, you're so brave. I would have been so scared. Good for you. Okay, last one. Genuinely, why do people hate on those of us who dress basic? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not going to spend more time than I already do trying to pick out a freaking outfit every day. It already takes long enough and like everyone, myself included, is going to judge your clothes. Sorry, I'm not going to express myself through clothes. I also don't need to know that you're not like other girls because you would never be basic. Jessica, you literally have a fake fucking accent. Shut up. Whoa needing to know more about Jessica because that was loaded and very specific. Why does Jessica have a fake accent? It's a very niche detail that's unrelatable to most people. But yeah, I get that. I don't, I don't judge. I don't think, I don't get why people judge other people's clothing, but especially when it's, when it's because it's basic, it's like, okay, so it's like what everyone else is wearing because most of us, see trends because we exist in society and we want to dress like other people because we like what they're wearing like it's just so normal it's literally how the world works it's how consumerism is structured it's how capitalism is structured based on trends existing and people going and following trends and so it's like god forbid we do what other people are doing no I'm totally with you on that I don't think it's also like things are Things are considered basic and everyone likes certain things for a reason. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to think of a trend. What's like a trend right now? Like baggy jeans. There's a reason why people like that because A, it's more comfortable and you like the way that it looks. It's like that's such a weird thing to be like judging someone because they dress like everyone else. It's like, well, everyone else likes it for a reason because it's cute it looks good because we like the way that it looks. Duh. Like it's, yeah, people are annoying and that's a stupid thing to judge people for. I think it's stupid to judge people for their clothes anyways, but especially when it's like, because other people are wearing it. It's like, that's the way that the world works. All right. Anyways, I hope you guys have a fabulous Monday. Make sure to submit a picture or a meme for passenger of the week to at parkedcarconvos.pod on Instagram. I hope you can leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcast or on Spotify, or maybe share this episode with a friend or post on your story that you're listening to it. Anything like that would help the podcast and it would mean the world to me. Thank you so much for listening and I will chat with you next Monday. Bye.